Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 182, and we're talking about what to do in South Australia. We are going to talk about what to do in South Australia, but first we're going to talk about Australia's arch nemesis. The New best Z- country in the world. <laughs> yeah, the New best. Zealand. Yeah, that's where we are at the moment. It's very exciting. It's Monday today, so the week before last, we've been back for about 10 days. We arrived back in the country, and uh, it's great to be home. It's so good. It's really, I'm just constantly reminded about... How beautiful and amazing New Zealand is. Yeah, we're constantly shocked by the uh, the rate of inflation. Oh my goodness, <laughs> everything is so much more expensive than it used to be. We've only been away for 11 months. I mean, I know we had this last time we were away, for th- well, that was for three years. But even in the last 11 months, prices have gone up so much. Yeah, I mean, petrol's gone up about 40 cents a litre yeah. just in 11 months. It's mad. And everything else is the same. Accommodation yeah. is, is more expensive and all food prices are more expensive. It's it's really bad. Yeah, so I'll be updating you on uh, New Zealand travel in a little while. But um, yeah, we flew into Christchurch and then headed down to Queenstown where we hung out with the crew from Travel TravelGeneration.com. Yeah, we bought a car. It's very exciting. So now we have a car, so we have our own wheels, so we can get around and have epic road trips all around the country. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. So yeah, we drove down there, and then we drove across to Dunedin, where we met up with some old friends of ours who run several backpackers in, uh, in Dunedin. And it was really cool to catch up with them. They've got two kids, and we hadn't met one of them, so it was really nice to spend some time with them. Yeah, it was. They run uh, Elm Lodge and Ramsey Lodge, so instead of hanging out with them well we hung out with them instead of staying with them we went and stayed at their hostels which was which was great all good and then uh, it was back in the car and back to Christchurch but not before we checked out some local beers which is always important I think so always well today's podcast is sponsored by Travelers Autobahn whether you're traveling for a week or a year Travelers Autobahn has a range of options specifically tailored to budget conscious travelers in Australia Traveller's Autobahn is unique in that all six locations are licensed motor vehicle dealerships, offering sales with guaranteed buyback, and a fleet of over 400 rental cars and camp fans. They're bound to have something you want. They sure are. And uh, you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay travelling by booking through us. So please visit IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash flights, forward slash hotels, forward slash hostels, and forward slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. We also have travel deals updating daily at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. And you can help us out by visiting IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash Amazon when you're shopping online, or grab yourself a free audiobook with a two-week trial of Audible at IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash audiobook. Yeah, so you should definitely go to IndieTravelPodcast.com and see what there is there, because there's all sorts of cool things. There is. There's all sorts of stuff. We've added a lot of pages to our uh, Europe and Asia section over the last couple of months. So, um, yeah, everything's growing, getting better, getting bigger. It's all very exciting. And uh, it is. It's really, really cool. Well, let's uh, get on to talking about South Australia. We finished up our time there, well, just a few weeks ago, and uh, we had a real blast. Yeah, it was crazy, because the first time we went to South Australia, which was at the end of our three-year epic journey, we were there for five days just visiting my sister. And to tell you the truth, we weren't super impressed. And, I mean, South Australia does have a reputation for being a bit boring. But this time we went back, and we just, I don't know, maybe we hadn't scratched the surface last time, because this time we had an amazing time. I think it was mostly because we spent a bit more time there and had time to experience a bit more of it. Yeah, I think so. And that's not to say there isn't big attractions and big things to do if you're just going there for a couple of days. But yeah, it I don't know, it just felt a lot better spending a month there and and just really kind of getting into things. I think it is the kind of destination where you get a lot more out of it by spending more time there. Yeah. Because you can just relax into it. I mean, it just... 
You go to Adelaide and it is kind of sleepy town. It it doesn't compare in terms of vibrancy to Melbourne or to no, to no, Sydney. Not at all. But once you're there for a while, you kind of you catch it mm. and you can go, oh yeah, this is a really cool city. Yeah, we certainly didn't run out of things to do, and no. we could have done twice as much. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. Shall we start by talking about Adelaide then? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, Adelaide is the capital of uh, the state, South Australia. And uh, it's a very small city, a very planned city, but um, it's still got, well, I don't know, you go into the central city and there's like a main commercial street with a main shopping street running off it. Nearby there, there's theatres, hotels, um, an interesting central market, but really it's the stuff surrounding Adelaide City itself that is interesting um yeah. there's nature parks there's great beaches and cool little coastal suburbs mm-hmm. and um and i believe there's over 1000 cellar doors that's oh, wow. wineries within um i think it's a one and a half hour drive of the cbd i wish we i wish we'd written them all down and gone to all of them. <laughs> that would have been amazing that would have taken another month yeah but uh yeah so it's there's there's stuff to do in town, but really you use it as a base or you stay in one of the, the coastal suburbs like Glenelg or Henley Beach and Yeah, the and city relax. itself is a planned city and it's set away from the water. It's quite strange. It's kind of, I think it's a square mile mm. and um, it's got, um, on each side, there's kind of a, an area of grassland or greenland and part of it's the Botanic Gardens. And we heard a rumour that the, the width of this is the, the length of a musket musket fire so it was a defense thing not that i think adelaide was ever attacked but you know and so you look at it on a map and it's this this big square with this green um circle around it of course the city has spread so that's not that's that's the central city and then you've got all of the rest of the suburbs going out about a half hour drive from the city is port adelaide and it was planned to be connected to the city by canals but that never actually happened but it's still a really nice little area and then um probably about what 20 minutes drive from the city are the, are the beaches so you've got Glenelg and Henley Beach, which is where we were staying. Yeah, well, let's talk about some of the things that we did in Adelaide, because some of them were really fantastic. And Linda just mentioned Port Adelaide, and I don't think it is a really nice place. I thought it was quite, well, it's not somewhere you go on a day trip. But there is um, a kayak tour operating out of there, which we did a half-day tour with them, and that was really, really cool. It was um, South Australia Adventure Kayak, and they do... a tour around a dolphin sanctuary there so you get to go kayaking with the dolphins uh you go up a little mangrove swamp Mm -hmm. and get to see some of the trees and some of the fish that are living in the the shallower waters up there and then we came back around and went to see a couple of old uh shipwrecks it's kind of a, a a ship graveyard and yeah it was a really nice couple of hours on the water yeah i really enjoyed it and what i really liked about this company was that you could go on the tour or you could just hire kayaks from them so if you go out to the garden island jetty which isn't far from port adelaide town you can um yeah you can either go out on the tour or you can just hire kayaks and go go by yourself yeah i found the tour itself quite quite good because it was a small group there was the guide and then four kayaks and each kayak had two people in it so there were five kayaks all together and um it was really good it was well kind of orchestrated you know we, we went out to the dolphins and we we kayaked around with them and then we went up to the mangrove swamp and then got to go out to the, the shipwrecks so it was nice yeah i think if you combine that with a couple of the uh the small museums in port adelaide you'd have a really nice day trip out in that area 
um, but you really need your own transport. That's right. Um, we ended up giving a lift back to someone who didn't have a car, and it's just really hard to connect public transport out there. So that's something that a lot of international visitors don't do because they don't have their own transport. So if you yeah. do have access to a vehicle, it's uh, it's brilliant, but it is hard if you don't. Yeah, Adventure Kayaking, the company that we went with, will give you a lift from the uh, information centre in Port Adelaide. So if you can get out there, there are buses from Adelaide Central City that will get you to there, and then you can get to Garden Island Jetty yeah. with, the, with the company. But yeah, it's a bit it, of a, bit it of a hassle. It's a bit of a mess. Um, something that was a lot easier to uh, to get to and get around was the Adelaide City Tours, which were run as a, I guess, as a, a cultural thing. It was uh, Aboriginal culture in Adelaide. And wandering around Adelaide, that's not something you'd easily put together. It's a very, very colonial city. Yeah, it feels quite homogenous. But there are Aboriginal people around, and one of them has started up his own company called Bookaby Tours. And we went out with him for a full day tour around the city. And it was just amazing. We wandered around the Botanic Gardens and he talked about the plants that Aboriginal people used and continue to use and how they lived and a lot of cultural things. We also um, went to a cultural centre and um, to the museum as well where he talked about all the artefacts. And some of the artefacts actually belonged to him and to his family. So it was really amazing. It was such a, a meaningful experience. You know, I feel like I really got to understand Aboriginal culture a lot more just by this one day. Yeah, I mean and the interesting thing was we were going to we were going to places which were free. The yeah. Museum of South Australia, the I think it's Tandania uh, mm-hmm. Cultural Centre and the Botanical Gardens. But um you really were paying for the guide in this case. Mm-hmm. You know, often when you do these guided tours you're paying half of its ticket entry, half of its for the time and expertise of the the guide, but this one was really all about the guide. And I'd been to the the museum before and wandered yeah. around and thought, hey, it's a it's a nicely curated little museum, and yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, but this really brought it to life, so I thought that was fascinating. And if you are going to visit Australia, I think you've really got to do something that's well go and see or go and read and go and find out about um aboriginal culture i totally agree um so in around there we've just talked about a whole lot of stuff that's in the central city so linking all them up pretty much is a street called rundle mall and you'll see rundle mall advertised whenever adelaide is mentioned basically they've the business association must have a huge advertising budget but it's not actually that cool. It's a pedestrian uh, mall. You walk down it, there are shops on either side. It's 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 a nice pedestrian mall, but it's it's just it's, yeah. it's just a walking space. You know? Yeah, and they're the same shops that you'll find in any high street. Yeah. Um, so much more interesting is the central market. Yeah, definitely central markets rock. They're really nice. There's lots of lot little interesting shops, and you can buy fresh food and fresh vegetables, and it's nice. Yeah, like half a dozen people we spoke to, although we didn't manage it, said closing time on Saturday, which is kind of very late morning and early afternoon from about 11.30 until 1.30 on Saturdays, is apparently the time to go as everyone's trying to clear out their stock for the week and everything like that. So it's I just thought it was a really cool mix. You've got really low-budget independent stuff, and you've got some really high-end niche kind of places selling expensive coffee beans and stuff like that so yeah that's right yeah i just really thought it was a great cross-section of of adelaide yeah for sure now getting back to the more active things that you can do in and around adelaide is um going cycling 
one thing we did was we went cycling down Mount Lofty with the scapegoat tours. And that was um, an interesting experience. <laughs> You've still got the road rash or the gravel I do, rash? I, do. I still have a scar. Um, it was a really, really good tour. It was um, run really well. I fell off. So I'll always remember it as the time I cycled down a hill and fell off. But it was a really good tour. And we stopped at um, a wildlife park as part of the tour, which I think was a really good addition because you got through part of the cycling then you took a break and saw some nice animals, and then you kept on going. Yeah. And at the end, you were cycling through some of the nice suburbs of Adelaide back to the central city. So you start yeah. and finish in the central city. Now, the thing I liked going through was the uh, the scenic park, which you can't you can hike it by yourself, but you're not allowed to cycle it uh, without a registered guide. And there's only one registered guide for the entire <laughs> national park. Um, and but that was really cool because you could stop pretty much every two to three minutes. And just stop and look up and spot koalas hanging out in the trees. That was really cool. So, I don't know how many. We must have seen at least, I don't know, one and a half to two dozen koalas. Yeah. And just doing their thing, hanging out in the trees. So yeah, after, they were doing nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, koalas don't tend to. <laughs> but the, it was great going to the wildlife park and seeing them in um, an unnatural environment. Yeah, and, and you can then, hold them and pat them and everything like that in yeah. the wildlife park. And then you go out into the wild, and 50 metres down the road, you're stopping and seeing a family of them up another gum tree. Yeah. And But they're out in the wild, they're doing their thing. And that was really cool, I thought. I liked that a lot. Yeah. Um, now, they're telling me they also do a winery tour, which sounds pretty cool, going around the wineries by bike. Yeah, in the McLaren Vale. Yeah, but we did all of our wine tasting um, in motorised transport. Yeah, but I think I would definitely like to try it by by <laughs> Next time, next well, time. Well, if you're not a wine buff, you might not know that around Adelaide are some of the world's premier wine regions. Um, the Clear Valley for Riesling, the Barossa Valley, which is famous for its Shiraz especially, uh, McLaren Vale, which also does some fantastic Shiraz, but also some, some different grape varieties. And then um, further out, well, there's Adelaide Hills as well, which is really coming along and doing some interesting stuff with both whites and reds and then further out there's Kunawara um, but that's a, a fair few hours away um, but yeah just around the city you've got Clare Valley, Barossa Valley, Adelaide Hills and McLaren Vale. Yeah we we did um, an overnight where we drove what was it about two hours up to the Barossa Valley? No about an hour and a half yeah, up to the Barossa Valley. Far, yeah. And uh, we went to a few, few wineries, we stayed overnight, went to a few wineries in the morning then drove up to the Clare Valley, which was about another half hour, 45 minutes. Mm. Did a few wineries up there and then drove all the way back to Adelaide, which was about two and a half hours. Yeah, no, that was awesome. And especially because we timed it for Saturday morning mm -hmm. as our morning there because the Barossa Valley Farmer's Market's on. So there were people selling cake and like homemade all chocolate. Sorts of and fruit and vegetables. Yeah, and all your normal farm stuff. Like yeah, and we got Freshly cut there. meat and, yeah. So it was, that was really cool. If you can time it to be there for a Saturday morning it's worthwhile yeah I think it would be good to have at least two days in the Barossa Valley and mm. a day or two in the Clear Valley yeah if you can so if you do it as a, a three-day trip from Adelaide I'd recommend you do it independently because then you get to go to the wineries you you want to go to yeah we did go on one winery tour with Groovy Grape based from Adelaide to the Barossa Valley and back again and it was a really good trip we had a great group of people um but the wineries we went to aren't weren't really the ones that we would have chosen. So we went to Jacobs Creek, and where else did we go? Uh, we went there, went to Simpatico. Simpatico, that was a really nice winery. That, that was, was a really good one. Yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah. 
And then we dropped down to, I can't remember, there was one winery I really didn't enjoy, but I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Uh, and then we went to Sepultsfield, and Sepultsfield was, was fascinating because they specialize in uh, kind of wines like port style and brandy style and tokai style mm. and, you know, fortified and, and long-term wines. So I suppose there were two wineries we enjoyed and two we didn't. So that's yeah. not bad odds. I mean, if you're doing a winery tour, you always have one or two that you didn't particularly enjoy. Yeah. So yeah, I suppose it really depends on if you're traveling alone, then a tour is a good idea. But if there are three or four of you, you should definitely hire a car or, you know, borrow a car and, and go off by yourself. Yeah, depending on the time, it might work out. But I I think it really does depend. If you don't drink a lot of wine and you don't have an agenda, then um, something like a day tour with Groovy Grape could be good. But if you are a wine drinker and you kind of know some of the names around the place that you want to go and see, mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, I mean, then it's going to be worthwhile to pay the extra to to get a private driver or to, you know, hire a car with some friends. That's right. Well, let's talk about some other stuff because everything we've been talking about has been located around Adelaide and South Australia is a lot, a lot bigger than Adelaide. That's right. Um, shall we jump down south first, down to Kangaroo Island? Well, Kangaroo Island is definitely one of the big attractions for South Australia and it is not cheap. Getting there is really <laughs> no. super expensive. We went on a two-day tour with Surf and Sun, which sets you back $400. So it's an overnight. You have one night on the island, but two full days. And we were like, $400, oh my goodness. But when we looked into doing it independently, it was going to be at least that in terms of petrol, hiring a car, ferry costs, because the ferry is really expensive and taking a car across is really expensive. Hiring a car on the other side is really, really expensive and impossible because they're all hired out in advance. And then all the entrance fees that you can... Uh, that you get included on your tour. So in this case, although we're not big tour fans, definitely recommending a, a two-day tour or a day tour um, out to the out to the island. Out to KI, yeah, it's um, yeah, it was quite quite surprising to see how pricey it is, and um, it was interesting to see the mix of people that were travelling independently were mainly Australians and mainly from South Australia. Mm-hmm. And the people that were on the tour with us and other tours we saw were mainly international visitors. Yeah, that's right. So I think it really does depend. If you own your own car, then it might be worth doing it for yourself because you get that extra freedom. Yeah. Um, If you don't own a car, there's no way that car hire plus transport costs plus petrol plus uh plus entry fees are going to work out so i thought that was great value from surf and sun and it was a a great tour oh it was amazing we got around so many different things yeah so we got picked up in the morning and taken out to the ferry the ferry across then we um we went around he introduced us the guide introduced us to some of the main areas of the island we also saw all sorts of wildlife we saw seals we saw sea lions pelicans uh, there was a raptor show. Uh, we had our accommodation included in an old wood shed, wool shed. Yeah, that was cool. With yeah. a, a barbecue, like a, an open fire at the back and a barbecue. And uh, people slept outside under swags. And Yeah, we toasted marshmallows and all that kind of thing. Really, really cool. Really wildlife-based, mm-hmm. I think. We, we saw so many weird and wonderful animals. Yeah, We also got to go kayaking. Yeah. And there was the option you could go quad biking. We actually went quad biking later, but quite a lot of people decided to do it during that time yeah now we went on this tour and then we stayed for an extra an extra two nights um in order to do some more activities because it just looked beautiful down there and it was 
it was our holidays really between Christmas and New Year's mm-hmm. so we were looking to to pad it out as much as possible. So yeah we went back and did the quad biking with um, Kangaroo Island Art Direction and that's amazing. I highly <laughs> it was recommend so it. so cool. We did the, the dusk tour and you know it takes a long time to get going. I think our group spent about 30 minutes on the the practice run just learning about the bikes and learning about safety and how they drive and things but then about 15 minutes after that we were blasting along the tundra with kangaroos hopping alongside us yeah um and we and stopped to see yeah, koalas as well yeah it was really cool no i thought that was cool um yeah some nice nice runs up there and some some good fun stuff we get to spin out some sand around some corners but yeah, there's something really specially unique, I think, about blasting along with a couple of kangaroos loping beside you. Another thing we did while we were there was we went to swim with the dolphins with Kangaroo Island Marine Adventures, and that was awesome. That was, it was magical. so awesome. I don't know if you've done it anywhere else. We we haven't. This is our first time going swimming with the dolphins, but yeah, just magical, eh? It was it's great. indescribable. Yeah. We went out on a really cool boat that could go quite fast. What would you? How would you describe that boat? I don't even know. I don't know. And um, anyway, so we went out on this boat that, that went quite fast, you know, driven by the owner of the, the operation. And we were basically looking for dolphins. And we found a few and some people dropped off and dropped into the water and swam with them. And then we went out and looked at a bit more scenery. We were waiting and waiting and waiting for the dolphins. And finally we found well, the pod arrive from going out fishing. And so we all got in the water and we were swimming around with them. And some of them were so close, like within two metres of me. And it was just so cool to be in the water with them. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And um, ah, I don't know how to describe it. Just clear water with these dolphins swimming around you and, and you're just hanging out. And it was yeah, it was magical. It was um, fantastic. And we saw quite a lot of other wildlife as well. Like we went snorkeling with some other fish and lots of bird life and things like that. And so, yeah, it was really really big morning really full on yeah and uh fantastic what else do we do on ki there was we other to, stuff oh there was a pelican man in king's oh, yeah. every yeah. night at five o'clock this guy comes down with a big bucket of fish and feeds the pelicans we'll come <laughs> yeah. to get it and it, it makes a really really awesome show it was quite funny it was spectacular it was, just, it was your you know your your eccentric old man show it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was great and then also at Kingscote, um, there was the, the penguins. We went on the penguin tour. Oh, yeah, that's right. And at night, I think they have one at around 8 o'clock and one around 9 o'clock. And they yeah. take you around with, they have um, torches with red lights on them because any other kind of light would hurt the penguins' eyes. And uh, they just take you around to show you where the penguins sleep and some of them are coming back. Unfortunately, when we were there, the penguins were molting, so there weren't that many around or they were hidden away. Um, but yeah, we saw a few babies and we actually saw two parents come home and feed their babies the food that they'd gone off to find. Yeah, that was a really, really cool thing. Because um, we'd seen penguins, and these little blue penguins, or fairy penguins as some people call them. Um, here in New Zealand, around Dunedin, there's there's heaps of them. Yeah, and in um, Perth as well. And in Perth we'd seen them. But I don't know, I think this was, well, the guide we had anyway was very well informed and, mm-hmm. and very informative. So it really... It was a good experience. It was, it was good. It was really cool, even though there weren't so many penguins. That was sad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to get over to Kangaroo Island, you've got two options. You can either fly backwards and forwards, uh, which is hyper expensive, or you can go with SeaLink, which is a ferry company. And if I remember rightly, it's about a hundred and seventy-five per vehicle. It was something like that, and about fifty dollars per. About yeah, fifty to sixty per dollars per person. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's probably why we'd recommend going on a tour because that, those costs are quite high. I mean, there's no competition. So if you're going to Kangaroo Island, you really do have to go with Sealink, which is fine. But um, it's a lot easier if you if you go with a tour. We, as you know, were there for two extra days without without transport. And it made life really, really difficult for us because there's no public transport on the island. You, and it's a really, really big island. The distances are vast. You wouldn't expect it, but they're really long. And so we ended up having to get someone to take us out there and we paid them quite a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was a bit of a challenge. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely worth having your own vehicle. Gosh, we are running so late here and all we've done is talk about two places, Adelaide and Kangaroo Island. So I think what we're going to have to do actually is make this a a part one of two podcast because we've got another page or two of show notes (laughs) that we were meant to be talking about. What do you reckon? (laughs) I'm surprised. I mean, I know I've been there and I know that it's an amazing place, but there really is so much to see in South Australia. So we will, yeah, we'll talk about it in the end. We will, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, We're going to talk about uh, the Air Peninsula and we're going to talk about heading from Adelaide up to Uluru and Alice Springs where a lot of the journey you're passing through um, some amazing places in South Australia so mm-hmm. I think that'll uh, that'll be us for this week but before we finish up we should talk about our community wisdom because there have been some interesting things on site. Yeah, Karen's asking about hostels and airport transportation in Quito, Ecuador so if you know anything about that please get on the site and uh, answer his question. Uh, Lacron was asking about multi-stop plane tickets from the UK to Asia and back and the answers to that question are truly fascinating if you're unsure about how uh, how that kind of stuff works definitely go have a look at that Kirsty's talking about train passes in Spain and Lou is asking about transport around Cambodia and there are great photos being shared from Australia, New Zealand, Europe and Costa Rica. Yeah, the Costa Rica ones were cool with zip lining and yeah, oh, it awesome. just looks amazing. I think um, I think it was Doug that, that did that. We might have to talk to him about it. Before we finish today, we'd like to share this piece of safety advice from our sponsors, Travellers Autobahn. Having worked with vehicle rentals and sales for travellers for over 16 years, they know a thing or two about Australian conditions. So here are their top 10 tips for travelling safely. Number one, don't drive at night in areas where there's more dead kangaroos than live kangaroos. Number two, camper vans have a high centre of gravity and falcon wagons are rear-wheel drive with lots of grunt. Be extremely careful if you're not familiar with these vehicles. It's easy to roll a van and easy to lose control of a falcon if you're inexperienced. Three, give dirt roads and unsealed roads more respect because even if you're going at 40 k's an hour, that can be too fast if you're not careful. Number four, don't hitchhike. Not all people who hitchhike meet axe murderers, but some do. Five, check the inside edge of your front tyres regularly because poor wheel alignment can cause tyres to scrub out and blow out and that can be a scary thing. Number six, always wear your seatbelt. Seven, if you're driving on the left for the first time, leave the music off for a while, focus and get someone in the passenger seat to spot for you. Yeah, this applies in New Zealand and the UK as well. Number eight, don't leave valuables visible inside your car when parking at popular tourist destinations. Number nine, do everything humanly possible to avoid overheating your car. Uh, If your temperature gauge moves away from normal, then stop and call roadside assistant. Don't drive on because speaking from one not personal experience, but anecdotal experience in our recent trip, you don't want a $2,000 tow truck bill. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Number 10, beware of retirees offering cups of tea at Outback roadside rest stops. Could be hours before you manage to get away again without being rude. So thanks to Travellers Autobahn for this episode of the Indie Travel Podcast. Make sure you check them out online. And until next week, travel well.